Welcome to Love in the Love Boat, where we break down episodes of one of the greatest romantic comedy drama television series of all time. I'm Ishvan, Chicagoland's beloved children's musician and TV fanatic. And I'm Michelle, pop culture enthusiast. So come aboard. We're expecting you to join us for another edition of Love in the, the Love Boat. Boat. Hello. Greetings. Much like Jerry Lewis, I have a lozenge in my mouth. That is wrong. That is bad. <laughs> that is terrible. I apologize, but... The time's a telethon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hi, you guys. Welcome back. I am Ishvan, if you didn't know that already. And, and as Michelle. I oh sorry I stepped on you I apologize it's all right. we are really the Sherman Hemsley and <laughs> Ann Esther of the podcast world you are who Michelle are you the Michelle the pop culture enthusiast <laughs> yes I am oh man I I would like to get your autograph if that's at all possible sure you guys I just want to say from the get go I love this episode <laughs> we've been a little bit hypercritical of the last few but I absolutely love this one this is the love boat that I look forward to. Let's just, let's dive in. Let me give the one correction. Uh, last episode, Michelle, I kept saying for Juan Epstein, his name, I kept pronouncing it Robert like Hedges, or I don't know what I was saying. I think it's just Hedges, Robert Hedges. And if if I was me listening, if I were me listening and I kept making the name, saying it incorrectly, it would have been driving me nuts. So I apologize, you guys. Um, otherwise, I think we were 100% spot on in the last episode. Now on this one. I don't want to oversell it. But this just was just, it's fun in the way that I like. It's funny in the way that I like. They have elements of this show and the way that it's balanced out is so great. Let me just give you the names of the of the three different stories and then we're going to tell you who our stars are. Is that okay, Michelle? Yes, perfect. All right, first we have Identical Problem, written by David Ketchum and Tony DeMarco. I think I said him last time. We need to get into some of these writers. We need to get into their backstories. We will. Next, we have Julie's Old Flame. Written by Michael Norrell. We have The Jinx as our third story. Written by Howard Albrecht and Saul Weinstein. Michelle, do you have the stars' names or shall I? I have some of them. I have for The Jinx, it starred Ray Bolger and Harriet Nelson. Well, hang on. Ray Bolger. Everybody knows Ray Bolger, right? I would hope so. And I would think everybody knows Harriet Nelson. But what is Ray Bolger best known for, Michelle? Wizard of Oz. Who did he play? Scarecrow. He's amazing, but also as a close, not close second, but a second, he's the groovy grandpa. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Well, I was asking, I was asking. You, you could say, go ahead. The groovy grandpa on the Partridge family. Yes. Shirley Partridge's father. And then Harriet Nelson, who is part of like American television, like royalty, but I never watched Ozzy and Harriet. I always just well, heard she's... it referenced in things. That's her, right? Yes. And she's also the mother of Ricky Nelson, grandmother of Gunnar and Matthew Nelson. Hmm. Nelson twins. She's on a lot of stuff, man. It's right? Quite a lineage too. Yeah, royalty. And um, then we have someone whose name I wouldn't recognize, Diana Canova, but she was everywhere when we were growing up. She's so super cute. She was on most notably what Michelle? Because I didn't watch that show. Soap. Yeah, she was on Soap. One of the main characters. She was uh, one of the main family's daughter. And then when you were talking about the writers, I don't know what happened. I spaced out. But the the um. Julie's old flame. I thought you, were, for some reason, were bringing him up. David Hedison. I did not recognize his name, but once you saw his face, he 
you remember him from all kinds of things when we were kids too. TV shows. He was talk in shows. every television show that I did not watch. He was on everything, and none of them were of interest to me, both movie wise and otherwise. But this dude was in everything, and like Michelle was saying, once you saw him, you you recognized him. So he plays sort of like this, you know, old flame of Julie, and was a cad, distinguished older gentleman. Now from the get go, they uh they you know they you see the people come on the ship like I like and. Right away, one of my favorite things is what they did with the Ray Bolger, Harriet Nelson storyline. These two people come on the ship to, what, to redo their vows? Yeah, I mean, they didn't say that right away. They just were on a cruise, I suppose. But they hadn't been on a cruise, maybe, since they got married? Yes, 65 years ago, which would make them somewhere in the ballpark of 85 years old on this ship, I would assume. You'd have to be getting married between the age of, what, 15 and 20 back in the day. So that's very old. But what ship did they get married on? Titanic. Ah, welcome aboard. I'm Yeoman Purser Smith, gopher to my friends, and I've just made up my mind you two are my friends. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. And we are the McDonald's. I am Horace, and this is Henrietta. Ah, yes. Now, let's see. We have you in 270 PS today. This certainly is a lovely vessel. Mm, Quite a change from the first time Horace and I first went to sea. Oh, have you sailed on many ships? Just one. And we were married on it. (laughs) Oh, really? Which one was that? The Titanic. Yeah, the old Titanic. (laughs) But I guess back then it was still believable. I mean, you couldn't do that now. No, it was believable. But that's the thing that was so great about this is they're kind of goofy. They're kind of clowny. But there's sort of the supernatural element to their characters because they cause problems wherever they go. That as if they were the responsible for why the Titanic actually sunk. And these people are oblivious to all of the disaster that happens around them. And that's the type of thing that I like about The Love Boat is this type of scenario, these type of people where it's almost like hyper-reality. And, um, and then, of course, not only are they jinxes, but the hijinks ensue because of everything <laughs> that they're doing. And then each one of the cast members, the crew members, gets hurt in a different way. <laughs> and that is funny, especially I took a picture of it and showed it to Michelle, where Isaac falls in a pool, somehow hurts his neck by falling in the pool, and then they use one of the oldest like gags, comedy gags, of the neck brace, but they still made it funny because he has a bow tie around it, and it made <laughs> me laugh. that too. It made me laugh Oh, too. my God. It's so Without funny. the rest of the show, he has the neck brace on with his, with his bow, bow tie. On, and, but he's upset. That's what sells it because he's not clowning around. He's not happy, so he still has his bow tie on, and that made me laugh. I loved it so much. And you can't not like Ray Bolger. Nope. But also you meet from the beginning, Julie and Doc uh, have a little moment together. They're sort of having a fake flirtatious thing. I felt like this one like kind of drew them all in together as more of a family. Yeah. Because like, like they were concerned for Julie with this older gentleman. And that's a heavy sort of storyline with her mm-hmm. watching her. And you get to see some of her past and you're kind of surprised by what happened in her past. But yeah, all of them working together and uh, being evenly balanced and stuff like that was awesome. This is just, I swear to you, this is like... It was one of the better ones. I love this episode so much. It was so good. And it's exactly what I'm looking for from this show. And they just delivered it in every single way. Because they even did little crossovers from the different storylines and things like that. It was really, really good. But when Doc and Julie in the beginning, very, very beginning, like doing like this fake flirtatious thing with one another, then he sees Diana Canova come on board. And he's like, I think I'm in love. Hi, gorgeous. What are you doing, lady? What do you have in mind, sailor? <laughs> oh, I think I'm in love. 
you'll teach me to give my heart to a man of the sea. Hi, I'm Miss Edwards. Welcome, Miss Edwards. Yes, you're on the Aloha deck, cabin 351. I'm cruise director Julie McCoy. And this is Dr. Brecker. Call me Adam, and I'll call you Eve. Don't call me. I'll call you. What is this strange power you have over women? She's just not in a holiday mood yet. Give her mariachis, margaritas, Mexican moonlight. She'll come around. Or not. But what's the twist of of the Diana Canova? Twins. They're two <laughs> twin sisters, identical, of course, that could only afford one ticket, so they had to take turns going on the ship, which didn't really make sense. Because as you pointed out, they could have just... One could have put her hair up and nobody would have known the difference. A big ship. You probably could go on either ends of the ship and no one's going to notice that you're out there. But anyway, they had a watch with a timer and they kept taking turns on the ship. And then one was kind of book smart and kind of quiet. And then one was kind of a little bit wilder. And then like Doc is pursuing them hard, but he just thinks that it's the one. And uh, that in and of itself, she she put in this really good performance of playing both roles, uh, which really I'm being serious because she had to like interact with no one and then like respond to that thing. And again, she's just one of those people from when we were growing up. She's just like super cute. And as soon as you see her, you just like her. You know, it's like I, I could watch her do almost anything, really. And the another quick thing to point out is with the twins is... When they take turns, they both take turns hanging around Doc for some reason. But one is super into him and one is not in the beginning. So it gets him very confused, which is part of the humor. He's kind of exhausted. He's kind of confused throughout the whole thing, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Why is she liking him one time? Then the next time she doesn't like him. And that's making him fall for her, though, I think. I think you're right. Hard to get, yet not hard to get. Yeah, she's like a mystery to him. But then the serious one, when the handsome older man comes on board and Julie literally runs away, hands her important clipboard off and just runs, we find out that she had not only been with this man in the past in like Paris, France. Where we also find out she was an airline stewardess. Yeah, she had a whole other job at a very young age. And this dude was married. Mm -hmm. And so like they had this torrid romance that, you know, was very inappropriate and then now he's on the ship. She hasn't seen him for such a long time. And um, there, she does a lot of like uh, semi-comical trying to avoid him. Yes. Like the elevator was funny when she's changing her voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doc's ass, or Doc, Captain's asking her if she has a cold. Well, good evening. How are you coming along with your um, problem? Fine, sir. You're coming down with a cold. No. No, sir, I'm fine. Well, I think you should see Dr. Bricker right away. Yes, sir. Dr. Bricker's office is on the next step. Yes, sir. I'd know that perfume anywhere. The guy knew. He knew the whole time. Because of he her knew. perfume. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was going to start the show by saying to you, Michelle, hey, baby. 
I, I hated when he said that. It, was so it made gross. me so it was disgusting. feel so gross inside. I'm glad he's, you brought that up because I forgot. Like he's all suave, and then he's like, <laughs> oh. "Hey, baby." Ugh, I would have punched him right in the face. No, if I were she her. liked it. She was totally into that. She thought that that was cool, and that was part of his sort of like <laughs> serpentine hold on. That was her. horrible. That was gross. But like. <laughs> But like um, you know, they they start to talk to one another after such a long time, and then she finds out that he is no longer married to the woman that he was married to before. Hey, how's your cat? Oh, what's his name? Herb. Oh, he's fine. How's your wife? Old, what's her name? Barbara. She's fine. Only she's not my wife anymore. We untied the knot last year. Oh. You want to have dinner with me tomorrow night? Oh. Did you notice the zoom in on her face when that when he said that? See, that's As a I, film student. I love the show because of that. <laughs> like they made a point of doing that, like that super drama. zoom on her. That was so good. Yes, I did totally <laughs> notice that. That's this this one. I hope this is in the broadcasting museum or something because I love totally this one so won much. Totally should have won an Emmy if it didn't. So good, and so then she's she's falling right back into this sort of like um, situation with him because she feels like now maybe there is a chance to get together. Right? She thinks he's divorced. He never said he says he's divorced from his wife. So and then she thinks he's got to talk to her and he has these ideas, but he never quite says. So she's thinking that he wants to get married to her. Yes. But you know what? A prime example of the crew coming together like a family and this crew being a great team of comedic actors, um, Isaac and Gopher, they realize that this guy is a cad. When they think in the beginning part two that she's still he's still married and she's kind of still falling for him. It's like midway through they she tells him that he's divorced, but they still think he's kind of a tool. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have a conversation with her. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Julie, let us lay a hypothetical situation on you. Yeah, hypothetical situation. Now, let's say that uh, you were blindfolded and you were about to step off the fantail of the ship into the propeller and we grabbed you and saved your life. Wouldn't you thank us? I'll thank you to stay out of my affairs. <laughs> now she's getting the idea. Look, things have changed between Buddy and me. First of all, he's divorced. I don't expect that to change your attitude. You never liked him to begin with. Just because he's arrogant, shifty-eyed, mean, self-centered, not beating around the bush. You got him all wrong. Buddy's a wonderful guy. And he's practically asked me to marry him. I think the key word here is practically. Well, he just doesn't want to rush me. He's going to pop the question tomorrow night. So quit worrying, will you? You know, I just can't picture that guy ever saying, will you marry me? And of course, when you are like hoping for things that doesn't necessarily work out, you don't listen to your friends, you don't listen to your family, you just kind of like want what you want and it can lead you into terrible things. A much older man with a good full head of hair. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of similar to your hair. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's too much talk about my hair on this show. You really missed your calling. My hair, yeah. And not being an adult in the 70s, <laughs> an actor. 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> I could have been a child actor, though, because I had the total Scott Baio feather that yep. uh, was very popular back in that time. True. And I could have rocked that. Yeah. No one discovered me here Tell in the Midwest. You had it all. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the cruise, though, they utilized uh, the, the, the older couple really well in that it was almost like, you know, the ancient taboo. <laughs> Yeah, or when Oliver on the Brady Bunch thought he was a jinx. It's a very classic TV show storyline. But see, I like that because I like those tropes sometimes because then it's like, what are you going to do with those tropes, basically? Although I said at the very end, I thought it was very weird because Gopher hurt what part of his body? His wrist. Yeah, so he fell right in the beginning as soon as he met them. Why did they have a regular sling? Why did he keep tying what looked like tablecloth? It's a comical sling, man. Around his arm. It's like if you get a toothache, a black one for dinner. Right in the olden times, you had that rabbit ears on top of your head to support your face. (laughs) It's more comical, or a big ice bag on top of your head, (laughs) or or a water bottle, or whatever. All of those things that we had as kids. There's a doctor on the ship. Well, the doctor, he thinks that there isn't a, a jinx situation happening, and then he gets slammed in the face with the door, so he hurts his head. Isaac, we have covered, he falls into the pool, somehow hurts his neck, and then Julie <laughs> gets shot in the eye with a, with a champagne bottle or whatever. The cork. Which I thought was weird that they should have allowed Doc to hurt his eye and Julie to hurt her forehead because she plays a very kind of serious role in this and she's dealing with all of this emotional stuff and it looks silly that she has a patch on her that eye. That's pretty, pretty kick-ass shit. And I, and I would always want to wear an eye patch if I could. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> it was just any excuse to wear an eye turned, patch. Like at first it was a Band-Aid, which was eh, but then it turned into this cool black eye patch. That, she's so pretty and she had the really nice dresses on. It's so then, like, weird. The eye patch. I like the weird, like, skin-colored eye patch she had on her. That was a band I think, in the beginning. was terrible. So I found that very, very strange. It was a weird, weird thing when she's trying to, like, get back with this guy and be serious with an eye patch on. Yes. One thing I noticed getting back to the twin storyline is the one that was super into Doc. Like, would always have, like, five minutes with him, and then her alarm would go off, and she'd have to switch. (laughs) Why? How did that happen? Where was she all that time? Even when she sat down for dinner, she didn't even get to eat. And then she had to go. I found it very frustrating. It was. Give me anxiety. It was driving me nuts. I did not like that, but you have to do this to make it work. I understand that you have to have that sort of tension or whatever. I just chalked it up to the times where you didn't have like a cell phone or you didn't have whatever. So you'd be wandering around the boat looking for him frantically. And then finally you'd find him, you know. Right. And that's that's at least the way that I would explain it away. And they should have maybe mentioned that a little bit in the show. But yeah, every single time her little watch would go off and then she'd have to go back and it would just kind of drive you crazy. But that was the entire premise. Now, at one point where things were so close to them completely like, you know, being together and stuff like that, she promises him tomorrow at nine they will get together join me at a nice quiet table for two i want a table for three me dr jekyll and mr hyde i'm sorry i realize i've been a little erratic actually i owe you an apology for what well i was a little forward by the pool are you kidding you're the only one who's making this trip enjoyable oh well you have a weird way of showing it there now is that so weird yes but that's the kind of weirdness i like look uh, 
how about a few less people and a little more moonlight? Perfect. Tomorrow night at nine would be just perfect. Now that was weird. After all that, then the resistance sister kisses Doc, or he kisses her. He kisses her, kind of grabs her and kisses her thinking it's See, they the hand- other girl yes they handled this well though because it's like he just saw the other one they were so like again like this is doc is really liking her and um then he was like so hoping that they would be together longer he's confused then the si- the sister comes out just wanting to go like to the buffet or whatever she was on her way to and he grabs her because he had just seen her you know it wasn't like sort of like a a, a an aggressive thing it's just like he they were just together and then she could not resist that because he grabbed her and then they kiss and then she fell for him after the second kiss though right because the kiss was so magnetic doc is so magnetic and it melted her it really did and then then it the rest of the crews they're almost kind of fighting over him yet he still thinks it's one woman the whole time because on a scale of one to ten michelle how cute do you think Doc is? Because they kept saying how cute he was, and I would just like to get your 1 to 10 rating on Doc and cuteness. I'll just say I'd rather date the captain. (laughs) You don't find Bernie Capel? Never did as a kid. Could never understand it as a kid. On the ship, he is pulling women left and right. Isaac, yes, maybe gopher, but even that's stretching it. So he he completely mesmerizes this this other sister and yeah now they both are interested in him so there is a total dilemma and they decide that they are going to let him down easy right Yeah they feel like it's unfair that they're that they're behind the scenes fighting and he's getting confused And they had some sort of story from when they were kids like they fought over something and then they let what it, something go I can't yeah, remember well, I what it was Yeah why upset twins only had one pair of roller skates Roller skates on me <laughs> We must get rid of the roller skates now as a result of it. Finally, I've been waiting here for hours. We've always been truthful with each other, right? Since we were kids. Okay. I was with Doc. I'm afraid I've fallen for him. You? You don't fall for guys, you get a tan. I thought you said you didn't like him. I didn't, until he kissed me. Sure, I did your warm-up. Well, it was your idea to go on this crazy trip, two for the price of one. What now, genius? Listen to us. We haven't argued like this since we were kids. Who could use the roller skates? How did we solve that one? We got rid of the roller skates. Maybe that's what we should do with Doc. You mean, not see him anymore? It's the only way. Agreed? Okay. So then they decide to do that. But what happens, Michelle? They lie to each other. Because the one does go to, like, break it off. And then... They end up getting it on. It's implied that they get it on. And then she comes back. And then the other one goes to him. And then he does it again with the other one. He's very exhausting cruise. I just need some sleep. And then he made a joke (laughs) about needing vitamins or something like that. But like shot, which is like a running joke throughout the whole series but just like two in a row on the same night that's what kind of action was going down for for doc and this on this cruise this one woman hey also can i say something i keep talking about music the thing that i loved about this too is wait dwayne tatro dwayne tatro is the person (laughs) who does the music for this 
and I have mentioned the various different things that he accomplishes. On this, they're rocking the Moog synthesizer. Oh my gosh, right. what did I notice? Sometimes Bernie it was really cool. Bernie Worrell style, which is my favorite stuff of this era. I love it so much. I can't get enough of it. I, it was in cartoons. It was all over the place. But the sound of that never, never gets old to me. And they use it to, to show like the lightheartedness of things, but also like a little bit of tense nature of stuff. And it's done so perfect. I love the love boat. I swear to you, this episode is so perfect to me. I can't stand it. So yeah, Doc makes love to both of these sisters. And uh, and then I don't know how they, if they told one another. I don't think they told one another. I think they lied because at the very end, they both come up to him, give him their numbers at their work, their individual works and say, I love you. Yeah, that I thought was a little <laughs> forward. But again, it's the love boat and people get married after three days. Yeah. They, so of course you would fall in love after spending five minutes with a guy on and off throughout the cruise. You're back. I can't say goodbye. Here's my number at the office. Call me. I love you. And then at the very end, the 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 things slip out of his fingers, and yeah, then the he wind loses blows them. the numbers out of his. Like it, again, I was getting anxiety because I knew that was going to happen because of the way he was holding them yeah, over flimsy. the rail of the boat. Yeah, put those right in your like, pocket you of your know shorts. It's something that he's going to drop them or they're going to blow away, and they blew away. Yeah, man, that's nuts. So then. Those guys, that's pretty much, we've wrapped up that one. And I loved it. I loved her performance. She was amazing. Uh, she's another one of those actresses that I think is just super great. And then the other lighthearted one with a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of something to it that I like, almost Fantasy Island style, is the older couple renewing their vows. And the captain takes it very, very seriously. And another element that is very, very funny is the crew, instead of hiring the weird murderer uh, lounge act band that they have, I posted a picture today, the crew is all singing an old-timey song for them it's funny like barbershop quartet style but, yeah almost. but it's so funny because they all have their injuries <laughs> and they're all standing <laughs> in a certain way and they're all singing really loudly which is great and then the captain recites the vows gathered here today for a most beautiful and unusual event the reaffirmation of vows by two people the youngsters of today would do well to emulate do you Horace MacDonald take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife to love and cherish till death do you part I do and do you Henrietta MacDonald take this man to be your lawful wedded husband to love and cherish till death do you part I do. By the power vested in me, I again pronounce you man and wife. Love is lovelier the second time around. After us uh, singing one more time, for whatever random reason, the captain's like, let's take the reception out to the Lido deck or the Acapo, what, whatever. He, I don't know. They're taking it outside after it's all set up really nice in this room. Yeah, that makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And then so... And then there's no, like, wait staff to help. So Julie, Doc, Gopher, and Isaac are having to carry the trays and the cake. They work hard, man. They do work hard. So in a classic, another classic comedy thing, Isaac 
and the jinx, keeping the jinx theme going. Isaac slips and falls and smashes his face into the cake. But didn't you almost feel like that wasn't planned? Because Julie and, and Doc, or was it Gopher, were laughing so hard. Or just it, maybe in reality, it was just super funny to them. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, well, they were. So I'm like... Because that part was a little forced. I thought they could have done a little bit better on that as far as like what happened, some sort of like disastrous thing, you know? Yeah, no, something else could have uh, taken place to do it. But it it just shows that they truly are like causing all of this mayhem and you get the nice face in the cake kind of a situation. And then we just really have the most serious of them all, the way that uh, the Julie saga kind of like unfolds and transpires. Yeah, because we kept wondering how is this going to turn terrible at some point for her like i couldn't figure out where they were gonna go to make this just not work out for her right and then they did it in a really just typical terrible way well she is trying to see this is where it is good where the show is good in my opinion because she wants this to happen i know she sees someone that she had very very deep feelings for uh, this is one of those happenstance things on the boat that it brings this into your life again. And she's hoping that maybe this now is my chance to to make this relationship work. And so she confronts the guy via telephone call. Right. To see if he is going to what? What is the, the phrase? Pop Mar- the question. Yeah. She's, she asks him just flat out, do you mean we're going to get married? Hello? Hello, buddy. Uh, I have a question. Oh, hi, Julie. What's the question? It's a blunt question. Shoot. Uh, Tonight, did you ask me to marry you? Is that a toughie? Julie, Julie. Buddy, buddy, answer the question. Julie, I I have to tell you, I... (laughs) I live in terror of making the same mistakes all over again. So do I. As you just heard, he cannot commit to her by marriage. That kind of really upsets her. That's insane. That is crazy. Well, it makes no sense. I mean, I guess it makes sense because the guy's basically a jerk. So he's just going back to his old, same old, same old with her that they had however many years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's really strange. Because she's she's obviously younger than him and just fell right back in love with him. What again. do you think? What do you think the business deal he was doing in Puerto Vallarta? What do you? Th- if he's like, if this goes down, everything is going to be taken care of. What do you think he was doing in Puerto Vallarta? I don't know because I say he's a drug dealer or an arms maybe, dealer. But, it's one of the two. Because I was thinking, like a lot of people do business in Puerto Vallarta while they're on this cruise, but why don't you just? take an airplane straight to Puerto Vallarta and do your business. Why, why do you have to take a cruise? And know. yeah, I was trying to figure out what possibly, and, and why I make the point of saying it's going to change any everything. Change what? Maybe it's easier to smuggle stuff on a boat than it is a plane. Like they'd be more like they'd crack down on you more on like well, Why even flights. tell her if he's not going to commit to her? Because he's a scumbag guy. He's like, he's a manipulator and he's not a very good person. And she just didn't realize that, you know, she was blinded by his beautiful tan and his wonderful head of hair. And a lot of misconception in this one. Yeah. So not only doesn't he make that commitment to her, but at the very end, we find out that he's married again (laughs) to another girl. I learned so much from this because two months. Why wasn't she on the cruise with him again? Why did he have to take the cruise by himself? 
because he's doing some shady stuff, man. They had only gotten married two months prior to that. So he married this other woman. And that's the thing. He didn't necessarily lie. He did tell the truth that he was divorced from Barbara, his previous wife. He never mentioned the other one, but that's not lying. Yeah, he, he just... left out the key fact that he had gotten remarried. <laughs> so he's already setting up his side piece in Julie, someone that he knew before. He did. He was nice enough to ask how her cat was doing. <laughs> oh, God. She said, fine, doing fine. So we learned that Julie also has a cat, which we did not know before. <laughs> she had a tour affair with a married man when she was like 19 years old in Paris. She was a flight attendant, and uh, she just has terrible taste in men, I guess. She does. That that's that's basically the episode, my friends. And guys, we really recommend you you watch this one yourselves because this is the sort of feel good. You're home, maybe sick from school, or you're a little kid and you're at home watching this stuff. This is. This is one of the best ones, in my opinion. I really love this episode. Now, we also, from the previous episode, I believe, I was voicing my misunderstanding of one of the stars from the previous shows, correct? Yes, you didn't really know who Tab Hunter was. I genuinely didn't. what his didn't. significance was. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know like what where he made his mark or how he really became famous. And Michelle had suggested, she's like, why don't you ask your mom? And I'm like, well, my mom's got a sinus infection. I don't know, but guess what? I took Michelle's suggestion to heart, called up my mother. She came over to the house. I sat her down. She had notes. <laughs> yes, where, where my mom perhaps is obsessed with Michelle Lee, your mom, I know for a oh, fact, is obsessed talk. with Tab Hunter and Pat Boone. <laughs> like, I hear, I since our existence together, I... Uh, have learned so much about both of them. I from just her. wanted to ask her about Tab Hunter, and I could not resist goofing on her as far as that she was like supposedly the president of the Pat Boone fan club, Riverside Pat Boone. Fan oh my club. God! And that's exactly what I say during this little interview. <laughs> but my mom was nice enough to come over and to explain to me, you know, why she liked Tab Hunter or how Tab Hunter became sort of like a a celebrity and well known. And I love my mom, and I'm so glad she did. Ladies and gentlemen, meet my mom. Mary Jo. All right, speaking of Tab Hunter, in 1950, he was the heartthrob of every teenage girl. He was in 40 movies. Actually, in 1951, they had a big contest to see who would go out with Tab Hunter. He was the cutest, most adorable guy. I didn't win. So, of course, I wrote him a letter, invited him to the prom. That's how much I liked Tab Hunter. He was a great ice skater, jumped horses. He was an all-around beautiful, beautiful person. And he was in so many movies. His big, big movie was Battle Cry and Damn Yankees. And then did a lot of movies after the 50s because he was the good-looking, cute guy next door. And then all of a sudden, the next 60s, the James Deans came in. But what fun to watch. I had every picture in my room pasted up in the back of my bed. I love Tab Hunter. Mom. What? <laughs> now tell the people your opinions on Pat Boone. Okay, I liked Tab Hunter, but I loved Pat Boone. <laughs> Pat Boone was my favorite. I stood outside the Chicago Theater and waited for him oh every God. single show, every show until he finally said, does anybody know that you're here? Yes. It was an alleyway at the Chicago Theater. And every time he'd get off stage, I'd be right there. Can I have your autograph? 
I must have had about 200. He just kept signing his name, signing his name, Pat Boone, and he had white buck shoes on. Those were the shoes that you had a powder puff in you and you would clean (laughs) clean the shoes. Yeah. So it's safe to say you like the bad boys, huh? Pat Boone, Tab Hunter? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. They were all clean-cut, cute human beings. All right, well, thank you, Mom. Now I know more of what Tab Hunter was all about. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mom. Thank you not only for doing that for us and for enlightening us. There is no bigger movie fan, and especially movies, than my mom. My mom loved movies ever since I was a kid. We watched so many things because of my mother. We're planning some sort of musical like hangout because I do really want to watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. My mom loves all of that stuff. So thank you so much, and thanks for listening to the show, Mom. There is one thing we forgot about this episode, correct? Oh, yeah, just... um. The captain who's skeptical of the jinx couple this whole time that the very they save the best for last he's he's about to leave go on a yacht another ship that's like far away did you like his little suitcase that he had he did he's still in his captain's uniform and his little luggage he and just then, brought one little suitcase for his little and he's just a weekend getaway with with some friends and some other captains so he's literally leaving the ship and then uh, oh, Ray Bulger, whose name is, by the way, Horace. No one's named Horace. Nobody has ever been named <laughs> Horace. Another name. I need. So far, we got Barney. I can't remember. There's at least two others. Horace is this dude's name. They come down all happy as can be, almost like insinuating that they had like a little honeymoon on the boat, which is kind of disgusting. I did not catch oh, that. Oh, yeah. Thank if goodness. you watch it again. No. Watch, uh, so they come down. You know, again, as Michelle said, Captain Steubing is incredulous. Like, don't believe in such foolish superstition. He leaves and they wave to the captain from the ship. And meanwhile, he had not realized that the mini boat he was going to take to the big boat had pulled away without him. And Classic lost his balance and fell into the ocean. I think he did the awesome, almost like the nasty plunge backwards, like arms are <laughs> yeah. going in a circle. Like, it was really animated. And again, as a kid, I can't get enough of that stuff. And still, seeing that it's like literally Captain Merrill Steubing makes it fun. Anybody else, maybe not as fun, but for him, it was. And that's how they end this episode with like an extra little something at the end it's almost like a bonus after the credits guys this one again was absolutely one of my favorites i loved it so much i hope you guys did too it was probably the best one so far yeah this one was outstanding um so until next time i am ishvan i'm michelle captain stubing captain stubing please cover the bridge and we're loving loving the the love love boat. boat I love you.